Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. I'm your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 103. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Channing Tatum's button nose, Ivan Rettman's genius, and Vin Diesel's singing career. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. It is a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks, so welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. No five minutes observation, although if you're listening now, you probably have realized this has turned into the Andrew and Max podcast hour. So Andrew Steffen, welcome. Uh, back. <laughs> back. You're always back. I mean, I don't think, when have I done a pod without you? I need you. I like the uh, the movie trailers. Oh yeah, that was, I think, pod. you know what's funny? I've done so many pods, this is I think 104, that I think in the 20s I did a movie trailer podcast already, but I haven't looked back and seen if I did it. So who cares who's listening? Like who's Who cares at all? So for this one, we watched a real movie, which was awesome. Like last week we did Thief and we're like, oh man, if we have real thoughts about real movies, this podcast is actually better. So we did another- I'm sorry, fledged... Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, he has like three or four movies that are real movies, like Adaptation, Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock. I mean, The Rock's not a real movie, though. It is, you know, it's VX Poison Gas on an island with Ed Harris. It doesn't work. But anyways, we did the classic 1983 Tom Cruise in his underwear and tube socks. We did Risky Business. Such a good movie. I'm surprised I haven't seen this before. Yeah. So this is my favorite Cruise performance of all time. And oh. I've, seen the, I've seen this a billion times. This was your first venture into 20-year-old Tom Cruise playing a high schooler. How'd baby, you Babyface Tom Cruise, man. Do you know why he's babyface, actually? He worked out super hard, and then for a week before filming, he ate nothing but fatty foods. So that's why he has that little chubby cheek face that you want to see. like my daily life. <laughs> you do have chubby <laughs> cheeks. But, no, no 20, 21-year-old Tom Cruise is great. Um, I don't know. Did this kind of set him up for his... You know, top Gun performance? Uh, I mean, I think it set him up for the rest of his life. This was like an iconic performance. I think this is his real... Before this, in 1981, I think he did the movie Taps. And I don't think he did much did before that. He, did so, he do Outsiders? I haven't seen Outsiders. Was that before? Outsiders the same year. But okay. Outsiders was kind of critically panned, too. I mean, like, everyone loved the cast, but it wasn't like a hit like this one. This was like a, a $6.7 million budget and made $63.8 million. So really? that's a, back in the day, I guess in the 80s, a blockbuster was if you made over $40 million. So it hit. And just for the people who haven't seen it, it's basically a Chicago teenager, a wealthy Chicago teenager, is looking for some fun at home while his parents are away, but the situation gets out of hand. And I don't know if you felt this way, but this movie shouldn't be this, this good with that plot. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is kind of a very basic, bare-bones plot. But the way it's filmed, the way the music kind of takes you over, and the performances by Cruz, Rebecca De Mornay, and Joe Pantoliano, they kind of just elevate this into this stratosphere of all-time movies. And it's so surprising, too, because directed by Paul Brickman, like a one-hit wonder director, I've never so seen anything he's done before uh, or after. So it's interesting. I did some research too because I've watched the movie a million times. And every time I go, how does this guy not have a bigger career? He did yeah. a he did a 1999 movie with uh, Clint Eastwood called True Crime that I heard was pretty good. But I read a bunch of interviews. Apparently, he got so freaked out by like all the offers that were coming his way 
and that like Hollywood stuff that he became a recluse and didn't want to do anything. Wow. So by the time he made his second movie, it was 1990 and it was kind of a bomb. It was something with Chris O'Donnell that was kind of a, just a lousy movie, but he was freaked out by Hollywood and fame and kind of just went into himself because this movie, it just, it feels one fantasy. Like, you know, it starts off with Tom Cruise being like, it starts off the same way. And it's, she's talking about a dream, the tangerine dream, tangerine dream music is just, you know, thudding in the background. And it's like, you've had dreams like this before. And it's like, it felt like you were seen with this kind of like a little bit sexual kind of perversion, but also kind of you're ashamed of it, but this is how you actually live your life. Do you know what I mean? It just, it felt very realistic to how you felt in high school. Yeah. I was just going to say like a high schooler. Yeah, it's like Joel Goodson, great name, by the way. I love his name's Goodson. It's like they couldn't think of anything better. But he's just, he's the son of this wealthy couple. And I love that he wants to go to Princeton and he has like a 1050 on his SATs. It's like, bro, you're not getting into Princeton by any means. (laughs) (laughs) And he's in the, you know, entrepreneur club. He's playing cards with his friends. He's trying to, you know, get lucky with girls, but failing miserably and riding his bike home. And I don't know. It just, does this remind you of your kind of high school experience a little bit? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> no? no, 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 I don't mean you're going to start a prostitution ring in your house because you destroy your dad's Porsche because a prostitute took a crystal egg that your mom loved. No, yes, I didn't. so unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen to you? <laughs> so I also love too, it's like, it's this hyper rich version of kind of the John Hughes Chicago suburb. It's just, I mean, yeah, so that. it's it's set in Glencoe, which is a the richest city in Illinois, but also like a top ten richest city in America. Yeah, so the like director North Chicago, right? It's just yeah, crazy. The, the director's from Chicago too, so he clearly knew the area, and this is what he wanted to do. Yeah, he so has, he's from, he's from Highland Park, and that's where the film is set. Is in Highland Park. Oh, cool! You know what originally wanted to call the movie? <laughs> White boys off the lake. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> that line. <laughs> I love that line too. It's just a great line reading, but. So he gets left alone for the weekend. And I just love how he starts off the weekend that he like, he pours himself a whiskey Coke and a terrible pour. He gets it everywhere. He eats a TV dinner like a bear. And then, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's frozen. Like it's a popsicle. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's frozen. He doesn't know how to cook. I mean, you remember you in high school. It's like, I couldn't get my bagel bites, you know, the right temperature. I still Mac mac and cheese was the only thing I could do. I still can't do mac and cheese. I can't make water (laughs) boil. But, uh... (laughs) So, and then, you know, he does the iconic, you know, dance to old time rock and roll, which is just, that's how you dance when you're by yourself. Yeah. 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 And you're on a full, full body seizure, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that really established Tom Cruise as a movie star, right? Right there. And I didn't know that entire scene was improv. Yeah. So, I mean, they let Tom Cruise improv a lot too. Uh, later in the movie when he goes, well, I guess it's the University of Illinois and smiles. <laughs> that's, uh, that's an improv line too. So, so yeah you let tom cruise cook if you can and <laughs> i just it just feels like this movie's half grounded in reality of how it's like to be a teen and be frustrated not getting laid your friends busting your balls all that kind of stuff and then this fantasy dream of the perfect girl who's a call girl you know lana played by the iconic rebecca de mornay do you like do you know anything about rebecca de mornay or no you shut your mouth when you're talking to me <laughs> well yes that's she's it. in wedding crashers that's but, it <laughs> yeah you never seen feds feds no. is a great movie okay she's like an fbi trainee like she's the brawn and the other one's the brain like it's really good but uh 
I'm sorry, my chair's cracking. But uh, she's just, she was the it girl in the early 80s. I guess her and Tom Cruise dated too, which is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I just love, she's kind of, she's confident. She has big dreams and aspirations for herself. You're not sure if she actually likes Joel the whole time. You're kind of unsure if she's actually going to be his girlfriend. Are they going to be together? Or is she scamming him and really kind of serving up, up on a silver platter for Guido, her pimp? Yeah, I thought she was using him the entire time. Yeah, you really don't know. And it's weird because, like, it's this very real-to-life, like, people can like you but also use you because her hooker friends at the end are helping the pimp again sell him all the stuff back that they stole. Yeah, I didn't get it. <laughs> I think that's just life. I think just, you know, money rotates. You know what I mean? If uh, you have money, then you're, you're going to be, you're going to have people around you. But anyways, <laughs> let's not get into that part yet. So we're in the hyper-rich John Hughesian on steroids, Chicago sub suburbs, and Joel's friend Miles, played by Curtis Armstrong, Armstrong. who was 28 at the time, which is crazy. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, he's always this guy, isn't he? Just always. And you know he's on American Daddy Snot. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, think. I mean, think about Booger, Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's actually an episode where Steve ruins his car. They take him to his uncle's uh, shop, and it's like, it's kind of a play on risky business. Oh, nice. (laughs) Yeah. So his friend Miles calls a lady of the night to come to his house, mm. who turns out to be a man, a very yeah. a very nice man, actually. You know, he's actually pretty reasonable for someone who's not going to get paid to, you know, do what he wants to do. And then he gives Joel the name and number of Lana, which is what every white boy on the lake wants. And I love that he he... He knows that she's coming and he's still like is falling asleep reading Architecture's <laughs> Digest. Like if I was 17 and I called someone like that, I would freak out. What? How long does all this take place? Because when Jackie comes over, it's dark. When Lana comes over, it's obviously still dark. Is it like two o'clock in the morning? So I don't know if he's ever been interviewed about this. It feels like this is a fantasy story in a dreamscape. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like this is actually what's happening. It's like with the music being the synth tangerine dream stuff and like even when the door opens and the wind blows up lana's skirt okay. and so that's when i thought this was still a dream but then he woke up and he's still with her so maybe that was part of the dream but they actually spent the night together obviously yeah i think it's just he's just doing a adolescent fantasy story sure okay yeah and i mean like he but he's combining it with like you know playing cards with your friends busting balls you know all that kind of stuff so i think it's like half and half i think that's what makes this movie so unique is that most movies lean into one thing because like if you're pitching in a movie executive suite or whatever you have to say like this is what my movie is this is what we're doing we're going hardcore to you know a swords and sandals excalibur fantasy or this is real to life this one kind of splits the difference do you feel that yeah yeah i do Am I getting too philosophical about a movie about a teenager and a hooker? I don't know. I mean, sometimes you got to say what the fuck, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like when uh, his dad at the end says, you just got to take chances and say, what the heck? I know, right? Isn't that just a nice kind of, uh, you know, a little cherry on top? And I mean, the Porsche is fantastic too. I love the car, (laughs) you know, uh, that he's driving the car and really has no idea how to drive it. When he... Tom Cruise being high when he's hanging out with Lana. <laughs> he's just like, I'm a little messed up. And he's just eating an ice cream cone and it's like dripping down. And I love when the car crashes, you know, when it goes into neutral and then it slides down onto the lake and he's trying to like hold it up. What would you do? 
Same thing Tom Cruise did, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was perfect. I mean, you know what's funny? It's like Cruise is such a high energy, perfect guy to be in panic situations. Oh, yeah. You feel like he might actually stop it. Like if anyone's going to stop would. it. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think it's in the trailer, though, that it crashes in the, in the water. Yeah, I love that it just stops and then just goes down. It's fantastic. Which one, which one of you is the U-boat commander? <laughs> <laughs> but I think Tom Cruise is best at kind of showing emotion in these chaotic situations. You know, you look at Jerry Maguire, you look at A Few Good Men. It's like whenever he's put into these, or Magnolia, it's like these high stress situations where he really has to emote and kind of be vulnerable. He's fantastic. It's weird because you think he's a movie star, you know, movie stars kind of, are cooler than the room. He's cool because he doesn't care that anyone else is in the room. He's still willing to cry, be vulnerable, or freak out. That is a deep take on Tom Cruise. Yeah, I think there's something like alphaly exposed about it. It's like, yeah, I'll cry, or yeah, I'll, you know, if my life is ruined, I'll crawl into a hooker's arms and, you know, <laughs> really, you know, just look like a child. Or if the car is gonna get pushed into the lake, I'm gonna, or like when he's dancing, he's dancing like no one's watching. And, you know, there's a room full of people. He's seizing on the couch in his tidy whities Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a perfect performance. This is just, this is just ideal for him. I couldn't see anyone else playing this role. Well, sliding door. Okay. Nick Cage auditioned. Shut up. <laughs> I didn't read that. Actually? Yes. No actually, Nicholas Cage auditioned. That actually would have been pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I can imagine him just, you know, doing the whole... Can you imagine Nicolas Cage doing the dance? Yes, I can. Because <laughs> he's another actor that's willing to expose himself. You yes, know? doesn't care. It's like him, Val Kilmer, and Tom Cruise are in this weird, like, I will go for it kind of, you know, vibe. But, so what was your favorite part of the movie? Like, what did you enjoy? What scenes kind of, like, jumped out to you? Obviously, the iconic dancing. Yep. Um, and then the ending with uh, Joey Pants. I, oh. I, does, does Joel learn his lesson uh, when he buys when he has to buy back all the furniture I think it's the lesson is sometimes you have to say what the heck because he does end up getting into Princeton because Rutherford <laughs> the interviewer comes when he has his one uh kind Rutherford of, Rutherford had a good time play a playmate party do you know who that <laughs> is by the way have you ever seen License to Drive no, I haven't. Face oh. looks familiar, but no, I, I don't know who he is. Okay, he's like the coolest dad of all time. He's Corey Haim's dad in that movie. It's wild. Or also, have you seen The Thing? The Thing is, oh, the... the Carpenter Court Russell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyways, I think the moral of the movie is like, you just got to go for it. Because he ends up getting the girl. You know, he ends up putting all the furniture back into place after, you know, Guido the Pimp steals it. Uh, he has like kind of like life lessons and life stories going to Princeton, has Lana, you know, $8,000 in one night, the time of your life, kid. You know what I mean? I mean, is he really, is he really better off than at the beginning of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to Princeton. He has <laughs> Rebecca De Mornay as a girlfriend. He has. But he, was going to, he was going to Princeton if he didn't have this night. No, he wasn't. Mm. What do you mean? He, they, they made it, there's no, they made it clear that he had 1050 SATs and that Rutherford was going to read, he was going to retake them though. Yeah, I mean, when you're saying that at a Princeton interview, you're done. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's people with 1600s that don't get into Princeton. Well, what's wrong with the University of Illinois? Come on. Well, I mean, if you can go to Princeton, I think <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> Just call me old-fashioned, but, you know, the Ivies, hmm, indeed. But That's, Yeah, so like I was going to go to Harvard, but I went to Worcester State instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, 
and what I love about this movie too, it's a tight hour and a half. And I love that, like, when he hits rock bottom, he hits super rock bottom. Like, he's late for school after crashing the car. He grabs the, you know, homeroom oh nurse. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that scene intense? He's like, taller. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, he gets suspended. You think his life is over. He comes out. All his friends are like, wow, you know, dead man walking. He's like, give me your bike. And then the Tangerine Dream music kind of comes in. He yep. breaks down in front of Lana. And then it's just, from then on, it's go for it time. You know, it's balls to the wall. He puts on the suit jacket. He puts on the wafer Ray-Bans. And he's giving everyone in town the hard sell about why they should come to his house for his like playmate party. The future entrepreneur right there. Yeah. And I love I love when he's uh, talking to that one guy who clearly has never been on a date, who, who's eating a hamburger, and he's talking about how much he spent <laughs> on dates. <laughs> yeah. But just I love the sales pitch. I love, you know, when he's getting gas, he's like, you know, you should come to this party. And by the way, how would, I mean, this is why it's partly a dream, this movie. How would no parents or neighbors find out that this was happening because you the saw street, the, street. the street was packed yeah the street was packed there's i mean there's no cops no cops show up to this come on yeah that's true too yeah there's no way <laughs> people people want to protect their property values and all yeah and but it's just every scene there's like every five minutes there's something that just made me smile so whenever i turn this movie on and i just like start watching my eyes kind of glaze over in like this happy way and there's something just so I, i'm watching a movie kind of thing like when uh when barry opens the door for all of lana's friends and <laughs> yeah. they just keep yep. coming in yes. and in and in i think there's like 19 of them and he just has this stupid like grin on his face like i can't believe this is happening and as you're watching it you're like i can't believe i'm watching this i mean did you feel that too or yeah uh yeah. i i really like this movie <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it just hits me in my bones i don't know does this kind of stick out from all the other 80s movies that you've been watching so I haven't rewatched any 80s movies since I started this whole thing. This was the one where I was like, I'm going to rewatch this because I need to. I like, it just makes me feel good. And I wasn't even sure. I was a little nervous watching it the first two, three minutes. I'm like, I'm wasting my time. I need to get onto, you know, movies that I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of horror movies yet. And by the way, if you have any horror recommendations, let me know. But okay. uh, then in two, three minutes in, I was like, this is the right choice because yeah. I, could care, I could care less about anything in the world. And like I said, again, the music, we haven't even talked about the train scene, by the way. Well, you know, we haven't even talked about the soundtrack. Come on. Yeah. So I mean, like the train scene with Phil Collins in the air tonight playing, you know, Rebecca De Mornay on a train, a homeless guy, you know, a dirty, dirty, bald homeless guy just eating potato chips, watching you make out with her. Like that was there's something like I, 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 said, think, Tom, I think Tom Cruise kicks him off the train at the at the end there. He does, he actually takes him off. Yeah. <laughs> but like like I said, half dream, half reality. You know, like, I can't believe this is happening. But then he put something like the homeless guy on the train. And you're like, okay, that seems realistic. This is actually happening, you know? Have you seen any other movies like this? Where it's kind of like that half dream, half reality? No, I haven't. That's why it kind of just... One of a kind, really. It vexes me that movies like this don't come out. I mean, I guess if you pitch this movie, you know, rich white kid gets breaks dad's car and has a pimp party to save everything. Like It doesn't get made in 2021. No, it doesn't. I don't think anything's even come close. But it just, I just like that they made it some, like, Joel isn't this phantasmal character that, you know, seems made up. He seems like a real kid that just got in over his head. Way over his head. Yeah, way, way over his head. Jo Joey Pants. Yeah. How'd you like seeing him? You were surprised. You were excited when you saw him. I, I love Joey Pants. <laughs> so he's great, too, because as a pimp, as Guido, it's like. Perfect sleaze bag. Yeah, but he's not. 
evil evil he's almost yeah. like a, i equated to like back to the future biff where it's like he's intimidating and he's kind of you know he's always there but there's something fun about him too yeah and he actually gives him all the furniture back yeah or like when he hangs up the phone on him when he calls him an a-hole <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean just it's just and the parents are perfect too those are like parents i knew back in the day you know what i mean the so, kind of i was actually really upset with the ending um with the mom Oh, that yeah. He was so disappointed. Yeah, I know. He was it's just, so loving, caring, understanding throughout the entire movie until the very end. She was so ticked off. Is that something that you would do? You come home and look right away at a like, cherished glass egg. That's a that's a hyper rich thing. That's, uh, it, that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you want to pick at a problem because you have no life problems. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you want to make a situation so you can talk about something and pretend you're interesting. So it's like that's why. Yeah, you really hate the mom at the end. You're like, yeah, it really did. You evil woman. He tried so hard. The crystal egg catch when she throws the egg. That was an epic catch. I know. Do you think you could ever put all that furniture back in the house? No. That's so exactly. that's part of the that's part of the dreamness of this, too. And that no neighbors were like, you know, there was a guy who your son was giving money to outside while all your furniture was outside, and then they frantically put it inside 10 seconds before you were you came home. There, <laughs> there were neighbor kids outside. They were watching. Yeah. I mean, so that's yeah, yeah. crazy. And I love, I mean, so like the movie goes through these frantic moments and then he'll be outside raking leaves and smoking a cigarette and kind of just, it almost looks like a bad cologne ad. You know what I mean? But like with the Tangerine Dream playing and like the voiceover, it hits me every time. Tomorrow when I go for a drive, I'm going to turn on Tangerine Dream and put in my Wayfarers. Oh yeah. Love on a real train. That, that's the one. Yeah. I listened to that like five or six times a day. So <laughs> Now, I mean, this is how much I love this movie. I had like other stuff to do today. I had like tiktok stuff and i had to talk to some people and contact and just you know promote the other podcast that actually you're, you're, might you're turn into something <laughs> i spent like an extra hour doing notes on this because i just i mean it's gonna pay off because this is an 80s movie and it's important but i just wanted to learn more and just love this movie a little bit more and i don't i think i'm actually my parent my family does a movie week i think this is gonna be my pick for my family movie week, you need, week. yeah it's gotta be recommended yeah I wonder how it's going to be talking to your parents and your sister about like, you know, Rebecca De Mornay sex scenes and all that. Ooh. A, little, a little weird, yeah. right? It's, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. okay. Hey, was, was Joel a virgin before all this, do you think? Yeah, had to be. You think so? I don't that's, know. Well, I mean, well, that's he had, the first thing you do is you, you call a call girl? Well, he didn't call her the first time. and then Yeah, had, I guess Miles did. Yeah. And, you know, he ate the piece of paper. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> also, it's funny, uh, Lana, you know how she charged 300 bucks? In today's money, that's $777.42. I couldn't tell you if that's right or not. Well, I mean, I looked it up. Like, like no, 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 like a good price. I mean, that's expensive. That's cheap? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, for a 17-year-old kid, you know what I mean? Think about that. Okay. But, uh, and also, the Porsche, turns out it wasn't the Porsche of the year. It was a 1978 Porsche. So... And it sold at auction in 2012 for $49,000. It's cheap. I would have bought it. That's, I mean, to say yeah. you have a risky business Porsche is pretty Good investment. cool. Good and, investment. And you know what else auditioned for, uh, for Joel and for, and for Lana? I know Diane Lane went for Lana. That yeah, been her, her dad was like, Don't, you're not doing it. Not going <laughs> to so, have you play a hooker. <laughs> yeah, Sharon Stone auditioned as well. Ooh, that would have been really good. Nice. Yeah. Although she's not warm enough. Rebecca Darren Mornay at least seems like she's yeah. friendly, like she might like him. Sharon's gonna be like, I'm gonna eat your young. 
So. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon Stone could have taken that character in a whole different direction. It could have been a completely different movie where she actually does screw him over in the end. Yeah, basic instinct, like the prequel, yes. basically. Yep. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, Rob Lowe was offered the role of uh, Joel, too. But he thought the movie was too weird. Rob Lowe as Joel? Yeah. Kind of see it. Could have worked. Yeah. But he, he is right. This movie is weird. And I think that's why I like it so much. Because it's like, I don't care that I'm weird. I just want to enjoy that this movie is strange, you know? And it makes no sense whatsoever. Roger Ebert loved it too. Four stars. Did he give four stars? Four stars. Yeah. One of, the, one of the few that I've actually seen him give four stars. Dope. I love yes. that. Raj coming through. I like Roger. God bless him. So, I mean, if you had to give us a one to ten, what do you think? A nine and a half. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yes, I, by far the best movie we've done. Dope. So, I mean, like, what was your favorite quote? Um, What did I have written down? The what the heck? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it was the dad and what the heck. Yeah, I think I think the first line of the movie hooks me every time. It's just, the dream is always the same. And I'm like, am I watching, like, a guided meditation? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and they go back to the dream, too, later, when he's like, they're like, Joel, please get off the babysitter. Well, that's so, why I thought the entire thing was a dream, but I guess that half dream, half reality makes sense. Yeah, I love at the end too when uh, he flips the script on Lana. He's like, "You gonna send me a check?" It's like, <laughs> "What do I look like?" It's like, Can you, yeah. "Are you able to speak on the alternate ending at all?" I didn't. So I know the director was upset that he didn't get to have his original ending, which was going to be darker. But I don't know what the alternative ending was. Do you know? I guess it was just Lana coming over they're in the restaurant right at the end yeah in the hancock building okay um lana comes over and sits on his lap and it's it's the same line only worded slightly different and it fades from there the could i send it to you then yeah okay yeah that works too that's still happy so it's 20 (laughs) but i guess that that's what brickman wanted was that ending right yeah but i like the way it ended when they're just walking through the park and they kind of like shoots up it's almost like yeah a a little warmer it's the ending of Thief too. It's like you know the camera that goes up while the music is playing and all and tangerine. Every, it's any yeah. '80s movie. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> Most '80s movies didn't know how to end. Like if you watch Mr. Mom, it's like they're love like, Mr. "Well, Mom. what are we gonna do?" And then it just ends. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Mr. Mom's <laughs> awesome. He misses his pinky. It's time to let it go, kid. You know. <laughs> yeah. So this is great. So I want to take some time and actually think about the next movie. I don't want to like decide now. Do you have any thoughts though about our next movie? Man, we can you you're you're double dipping into the '80s, so we can stick with the '80s. Yeah. Um, it's gonna help you, anyways. So Do you already passed. I'm I'm, I'm I'm still still on a uh, gung ho. Oh yeah, it's okay. Like, um, I know I just haven't seen it. The Japanese racism stuff is a little rough. Um, Money Pit, Tom Hanks. Oh, I haven't seen that. Let's do it. You haven't seen it? I've no. seen it. It's been years. It was I bought it or I I watched it when we first bought our house. Oh, so do you like it or? Yeah, 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 loved it. It's funny. You, want to, you want to do a movie you haven't seen though? It's a little more fun when you haven't seen it. Well, let's do that one. You haven't seen it yet. You need to, you need to, you know, pump up your 80s. Have you done Bachelor Party? Another Tom Hanks, but no. Yeah, let's do Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party. Yeah. What year? What is that? Uh, like 82, right? Something like that. Yeah. I'll watch it. It might be, I don't know if we should do another thing about like horny people in the 80s. <laughs> although, although this didn't turn out to be that, I thought that I would be stepping on myself and like, it's a little sexual and weird, but it really, the sexuality part is not really part of the movie. No, not at all. Um, yeah. Even throughout the entire brothel scene, it's really not. 
Yeah, it's more. It's not, like, it's not like you see people in their rooms or anything like that. They're no, it's like, more like the kind of silliness and embarrassment of sex. Like I love when that giant blonde woman rubs that kid's leg that's like 13 years old. He and gets like, up and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's shining a light on the fact that we're all pervs, but it's not a big deal, you know, if you actually just look at it. Right. So, I just enjoy that. Uh-huh. So. I don't know where to go from that, so we're gonna end. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good, good podcast, good movie. Um, yeah, good podcast, good movie. I Andrew, I like things. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> There's not much that I don't like, so yeah. No, me too. Movie that's what we need. To, that's what we need to find. Yeah, what a movie we hate. <laughs> well, I guess we did Trap in Paradise. So that's true. You liked it, though. You defended it. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. See you, Max. Thanks. Later. <laughs>